You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I'm your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your two fabulously divine and miraculous co-hosts, as always, are Karen Murphy and Ron Mayer. Say hello, Karen and Ron. Hello, Karen and Ron. There hello, you go. Karen and Ron. Hello, <laughs> listeners. Perfect, perfect. Follow that exactly. Uh, dear, this program, I'm titling it Take Your Next Step Now. It will make the rest of your steps easier going forward. Many of us have been struggling to obtain what we desire. And 2015 was a tumultuous year whose energies helped us become aware of our blocks and issues. It also opened us up to a greater awareness of who we desire to be. And many people could feel that they were destined to have better lives. Somehow, though, for a lot of people, it did not quite work out. But this is good. People are finally waking up and realizing what is missing in the world in their lives. Awareness is always the first big step we need to take. For without awareness, we would not realize that things can change. And we've all come to a spot of more awareness. Now, we can look back on the old days and our ways of being, but many of us now realize there is a better way to move forward that will change ourselves and the world. And the problem is that we have been taught to be so hard on ourselves. We see other people experiences, sorry, experiencing the joys of creation and love and wonder why not me? Why do these pass me by? Going back... Unfortunately, people think going back is a good thing, but it never moves us forward, no matter how much we want it to do so. What we must recognize is that we are just beginning to awaken and expand into higher dimensions in our higher selves. We all have the potential, but we have been taught there are winners and losers, and we have forgotten that life is not a race. Each and every one of us is filled with wondrous potential. Now, a famous and well-known at the moment master that I like is Jared Hewitt, and he spoke about our being able to change and create as follows. He said, the cool thing about creation is, no matter where you are now, you can begin to change your life experiences as well as your energy and create and experience a new you. Jared often speaks about, and how he put it was, creation as being a symphony of energies. And he said, well, by changing one note, one instrument, one tiny string of a cello, the whole sound of the symphony will shift. That small little change represents portions and parts of you, belief systems, thoughts, and feelings, all reverberating through time and space together and in harmony with each other. This is why when you begin to shift one thought, clear one block, or open a tiny bit of a new, to a new perspective, reality shifts the symphony changes. I thought that quite succinctly put exactly how things work in a very interesting parable. Now, here's the good part I want to tell you about. This week, 
is important because of the energies we're being bombarded with on a daily basis. We are being given yet another opportunity to change our observations, perceptions, and beliefs. We are being shown many new roads for our life. The question is, how are you dealing with this? We are being and will continue to be presented with great new opportunities. And in order to take advantage of them, it's important to stop second-guessing ourselves. We need to cut the cords to the past and our old belief systems. We also need to cut our fixation for specifics if we desire to move forward. We have all seen people do this. They live in the past, want to re-entrench old methods and systems, which never worked. And they won't work now. And we've been taught to make everything exactly so, and it has to be exactly so in our mind, and work that way, and nothing else will do. On an individual level, it's important for each of us to be open and go with the flow, and stop resisting and fighting. Open up to the multiple opportunities that are here now, right now. Become aware of them, and choose the ones that feel good in your heart for you. The past is over. Move forward. 2015 is over. Move forward. The universe is presenting us with more opportunities that we can even see. But we are at another decision point this week. Do we wallow in the past causing stress and creating turmoil? Do we keep being a stick in the mud and get upset when things don't flow exactly as we wanted them to? Mm -hmm. Or do we step up into life, watch for the opportunities, and bring positive trust, hope, and thanks into our being. It is but the first month of the new year. Throughout 2016, we will be facing multiple changes, big and small. But it starts with the energies of this week, as they are presenting each of us with a choice. Do we move forward, or do we miss this opportunity, and once again miss another opportunity to begin to fulfill our desires? The choice is each of ours, and we on this program, and why we're here, is we invite you to move forward with us. So that's my introduction. Wow. This week, in essence, um, is, is presenting us with energies that, that we should open up to. If they are allowing us to move forward. Yeah. Wow, what a powerful introduction, Martin. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, folks, get ready, because this is going to be a fun ride. Yeah. I can just imagine us going off into multiple directions. That was really packed full with a lot of a lot of information, a lot of insights. And I guess the one thing that resonated with me in particular was when you were talking about Jared Hewitt and his symphony. And then you went on to talk about the, the energies that are, are before us and the choices we have to make. The one thing I took away from that was if I think about the symphony and think about changing one little thing, one little instrument, it's true with our one little thought, our one little action. And when you think about the choices that we make, perhaps in the past, I know I've been guilty of this, waiting for everything to be completely aligned. So all the ducks in a row before I take that leap. And I think what I heard you say, Martin, was now is the time to believe it and then you'll see it as opposed to waiting till you see it to believe it. Right. You know, we like things to be, we've been taught to make things so organized and we're heading towards here and it's going to happen like this, this, this and this and that's what I want and that's what I'm heading towards. But putting out one idea like that as good as it appears, you have to realize that the universe has thousands of opportunities (laughs) for you and there may be thousands that are better for you than the one you're looking at and you'll get much more joy out of it. So never lock yourself in. Right. 
And of course, the other piece was never lock yourself into the past and want to go back to the way things were. Because they're all imagined reality anyway. They never were quite the way we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's an opportunity to move. The other thing I wanted to bring in there that I, I thought would fit in with the program too, which I did, was change. That's all about change. Oh, yes. That's all about moving with what comes through and look at the opportunities that will be presented to you and always find them. Because this is a year that will have massive change. And if you don't get into this flow of being open and look for the opportunities that are there by the thousands for you, just pick where you want to go and what feels right to you, you'll never survive in many ways the big changes that are going to be coming in and hitting us in the face throughout this year. <laughs> they change your friend. Is that what I'm hearing, Martin? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to add to that, too. In the last week and a half or so, I've also been noticing that there has been a huge shift in energy and how I can tell and I don't know if anybody else feels the same thing, is that whenever these shifts occur, there is within me this willingness to embrace the energetic shift, that there is always this time where there's almost like a vacuum that's held within my belief system where I've let go of some old, the potential to let go of some old belief thoughts and core beliefs, but have not yet formulated exactly what the new thought pattern will be. Right. So there's almost like a vacuum. Oh. And for me, I usually end up feeling quite uncomfortable in that vacuum. It's not something that I'm yet comfortable with because there's no sense of direction. There's no sense of movement or flow. And we're creative beings. We always like to be doing what's next. There's always something that has to happen. So there's, there's an, it's almost like an antithesis to our creative abilities for putting ourselves on pause. Mm. And it doesn't feel comfortable. And yet I know for me personally that we're on – the verge of seeing some really interesting shifts in our, our, our outpicturing of creation. And as you said, Martin, this year we're going to see an awful lot of changes happening. To me, that's a good thing because to me, it means that there are a lot of people out there who have opened up to the possibility that their belief system does indeed need to be changed. And that, as you said earlier, the, the analogy of Seeing a fire, for instance, you're, you're standing in front of a, a fireplace and you want to have fires, you know, coming out of the fireplace. And yet you're not feeding the fire with logs, which to me is your belief system. So right. you, always, if you have to have the new belief system put in place before the outpicking of that can occur. So if we're going to be seeing a lot of these changes, and I think we are, in 2016, that to me means that many people have already made that shift into, the new, into a new belief pattern that is challenging the old and will be creating the new so we're going to get a lot of change yeah part of that is i like that explanation that's very good ron because i feel that as well although i started off the week feeling the energy changes and i and you helped me through it but i, I got a bit depressed and i thought symptom. oh yeah and then i got over it and then the week went surprisingly well mm -hmm. it is getting over that and having the trust and just keeping open to it, that I did see the opportunities, and they were great opportunities, and then I began flowing with them instead of fighting them. Mm -hmm. And I only get depressed because I'm, in my mind, I'm beginning to fight them. Mm -hmm. ah, and yeah. as soon as I begin to fight them, then I'm, I'm resisting the energies and where I know I should be going. Not everyone likes change. No. 
And change can be tumultuous because of that. But it's look at the change and try and think of what you can do with it, what can be good about it, what can buoy you up over it. And until I did that shift rather than fighting, I was moving more into being a bit depressed than when I got out of it. And everything's like, wow, this is going to be great. Right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I, I like your vacuum analogy. Ron, because I, I, when we were speaking earlier, I was expressing my feelings over the last week or so of the only way I could express it was almost like an uneasiness. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way you explained that, Ron, because it, it gives me cause to ponder about what is that uneasiness. And I think oh. it's much of it is because a lot of things are, are changing and in a very positive, positive way. But I guess I just because I am that, have traditionally been that sort of control person, that person that, you know, sets that goal and goes after that goal. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, if I was sitting here right now, I'd be saying, I'm not sure what that goal looks like now. Mm-hmm. And that creates that uneasiness and kind of that that vacuum, I think, that Ron, that you were talking about with respect to the energies pushing. So, Martin, the, the concept of moving forward and going with the flow instead of fighting against it makes perfect sense to me. Hmm. And some also people, some people have also stated that frustration, that um, confusion, that lack of that lack of direction, right. is yeah. usually an indication that this is the part of your your conscious awareness that's still attached to your ego thinking, right. and that it's the ego's last ditch attempt at trying to control everything rather than allow the freedom of unconditional thoughts to come. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's yes. what I meant with letting go of your need to be specific. Yes. And it's specific yes. goals, specific outcomes, specific steps along the way. Everyone loves to plan out everything <laughs> along the way. Oh, of course. Of and course. we do it in business all the time. Yeah. I don't think business quite realizes that you need to pull away from that a bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> most people talk about the shift in paradigm that we're going from the previous age to the age of enlightenment. Right. And, and they they reach a specific date and it's like, well, we're there yet. And it's like, let's go back and look at this. Our entire belief system, the way we've had it set up and has been working for hundreds of thousands of years is now moot. It is going to change. It's a completely different belief system that is from a closed, controlling, everything has to be the same type of belief system to one that is open-ended where each individual as a sovereign individual, a sovereign portion of God, is ex- is expressing and creating their own reality. And none of it will be in alignment with anybody else's. So it's no. a complete reversal to the way we have it. So the change from one system to the other is not going to be, let's pass this particular date and we're there. No. <laughs> right. No. It's not going to be that, yeah. No, not that clear-cut and easy. No. It's going to involve a conscious effort to change everything that we think we know about reality. Right. on the change that learning something new is going to produce something magnificently different. Exactly. Now, it's interesting, and I'll, I'll just throw this in because I found it was a interesting thought from an astrologer. From the astrological perspective, the helio chart, this week is actually, because of all that and the opportunities that are opening up before us, they're actually saying it's one of the few moments that they actually call a holy moment. Oh. And so it's interesting that, uh, that some of them even go to that part of it and of course every moment's holy in my mind but th- particularly because of mm-hmm. what the universe is opening up to us now so it was also oh, sorry go ahead ron I, I was just going to make one more statement with regards to these waves of energy that continue to come in the last major wave of energy that we, we truly did have was the one back at the end of september 
where there were so many predictions as to what this wave was going to imply and and mean. And of course, I always I always smile when I when I hear these these predictions because they're the the physical results of these pred- predictions are so massive that I just I, I find them humorous. Yeah. But but that they indeed did have a major impact on world consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that these waves come in like just like a wave you'll have one wave come in and then it recedes mm. then another wave comes in and then it recedes mm. each time those waves come in it pushes the boundaries of people's belief systems just a little bit more so right. that they have the opportunity to gradually change their belief system to something that's more conducive to the open-ended energy system uh, energy belief patterns that we're heading into right mm-hmm. It's uh, we're going to get more of them, obviously, through 2016, oh, yes. 17, oh, yes. and so on. It yes. doesn't end, but for this year in particular, and last year, leading into this year, obviously, last year, with you mentioning the September 28th wave, there are more and more of them coming through, and this is just but another one that we can use to our advantage. Exactly. Whenever you're feeling uncomfortable, like I did last weekend with the with the whole shift in energy that was coming through, it is a very important to be open and do come from your heart and look on things positively because it'll it just gets so stressful if you don't yeah and if if you want to get rid of that stress open up take a breath meditate Uh do whatever but Mm -hmm. just try and open up your mind and go okay what's next where do i go and just let your heart open to it and and feel your way through it in many ways now my what wish for people whenever these things happen is that they don't negatively assume that that they're doing something wrong that something is no, wrong right. no. that the depression is an indication that they're somehow bad or something in fact no. it's the complete opposite in that it is a reflection of your willingness to want to drop old belief patterns mm-hmm. you would never have experienced that vacuum and possibly the resulting depression if you were closed completely ch- wanting to change your paradigm of thinking right. it's only those who are open to it that are experiencing these moments of of emptiness uh, exactly yes. and i think i think too it's a time for us to be gentle and i know we've spoken about this before but a time to be really gentle with ourselves and to open your heart up to yourself and give yourself that that latitude to say, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm feeling depressed. Uh-huh. What, what can I do to kind of shift my energy to allow me to continue along this openness? And maybe it's, as you said, Martin, maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's just doing a hobby or something that you really enjoy. So uh-huh. you can take that moment and just shift just a little bit and say, okay, I acknowledge the uneasiness or the uncomfortableness. I'm going to do something that makes me feel good, that nurtures myself. And I think you'll find very, very quickly, at least I know for me, even if it's for a few moments or for a couple of hours, it shifts my thought process into more openness and to embrace more positivity to come into Mm -hmm. my world. And not only that, but sometimes these shifts, when you get into them, they can be so severe that that even thinking of doing something to assist yourself out of it is an antithesis. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. And that, I'm telling people, is okay. Mm -hmm. That you don't immediately have to do anything if the idea of of embracing, trying to heal yourself in that moment is repugnant. Then don't do anything. Don't believe that it's wrong but you can also allow yourself to drift for a, a, sh- a certain period of time knowing yeah. that unconsciously and subconsciously your physical body is making the necessary changes you might yeah. not be aware of them 
but eventually there will come a point where you'll say, okay, well, maybe I will decide I'm going to take that hot bath and, and, and pamper myself. Or maybe, yes, I'm going to call my friend and maybe we'll, we'll talk about it. You know, it might take a little time even before you get to that point where you want to help yourself. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, that's what I said at the beginning of the introduction when I talked about people going through and seeing that they're not actually getting where they desire to be and watching other people get there. Uh-huh. And that's why I said it's good because uh-huh. it shows that you finally have woken up to an awareness that uh-huh. you never had before. And, 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 and it just, is indeed the first big step of right. being able to look at it and change things. And all of those thoughts that have a negative bent to them as many people have said in the past, the only thing that is real is love. Yes. So if you're having any thoughts that lead to anything other than love, know that these thoughts are not real. Right. You don't need to give them the, the credence and the importance of them being real. Yep. They're not. They are a result of your, your error in thinking, mm. and eventually you will change that. And once you do that, then you release the emotional uckiness that goes with those unreal thoughts. Yeah. One of the things with this energy coming through, it is has a tendency to make people a little softer and vulnerable. And it's, it's pushing through our sensitivities to various things. So hmm. be aware that sensitivity to change and, and who we are will be coming through strong through all of this, which is what we've just been talking about. Oh, yes. And it's important to realize it's good. My, my week has had ups and downs with regards to my emotional um, stability. It has been just all over the map. All of, one moment I'm fine and the next I'm triggered and all I want to do is strangle somebody. <laughs> and it's, you know, I and know then that. It, as I said before, sometimes when you're in the throes of intense emotion, it's hard to be the observer. Yes. You're, you're, you're stuck in it and you're actually living trapped within it. And that's a lot of what I've been experiencing this week. So as I said, sometimes when these waves come in and they're extremely intense, you will experience extremely intense reactions to them. Yes, exactly. It's not the first time we've been through it, and it won't be the last time. (laughs) And the only good thing I say about the whole thing is that it's impacting everyone on Earth. So it is moving up millions of people into more awareness greater understanding and actually looking at life and, and trying to figure out what do they want out of life. Mm-hmm. And, and this is good. And, and on our program, we have been talking about these, the changes that we, all, we have been wanting to see. And I believe, Martin, even in 2014, we were saying that was the year that we would start to see them. Mm-hmm. And that 2015 happened and none of these changes that we were hoping were, were going to be there actually ended up being manifest. Right. We're looking at, you know, the changes of the archaic monetary system that we have, that our planet is, that is engaged in. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the energy structures still trapped within the, the whole oil and coal and, and as opposed to free energy systems that we know can replace all of that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're hoping, will this be the year that we actually begin to see some of these changes coming through? Yes. And I'm looking at 2016 and saying, I have never seen the potential to be so changeful as what we are seeing right now uh, within 2016 as just the beginning part of this year. We could eventually see a lot of the changes that we've been hoping that would actually manifest back in 2014 start to manifest in 2016. And likely many changes that we aren't even in anticipation of yet. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, there'll be lots of those. <laughs> lots of them. <laughs> yeah. Now, as I said, change is always a difficult thing because it, it means that you truly do have to let go of the old. And a lot of times that old is giving is what gives us comfort. It's the knowing that things are the same. Yeah. And, and you, you can rely on the old faithful, that type yeah. of thing. That somehow gives us a sense of comfort. So when that starts to drop, that's where our sense of uncomfort begins to manifest. Right. So with people's uncomfortableness, that is also an indication that we're on the lip of seeing some pretty powerful changes. And a lot of it has to do with, at the moment, people are becoming aware of what's not working. And then you have to move into try and think about working together to see what would work. If we look at our, you know, the political system and, and the and how they've all separated into separate camps and won't budge and hate each other and everything else, or we we look at the competition system in our businesses and industries and how it's all, everyone seems to or used to accept, sorry, that it was all right to be cutthroat and stomp right. the person down and all this stuff. We know that a lot of people are coming out now and saying, no, this this isn't the right way to behave. We're not getting things done. We're not looking out for the people. I've said it before many times, but really humanity, which is we the people, not mm -hmm. just the American end, but it's all of humanity. It's a wonderful statement. What we keep forgetting is that everything on earth should be for we the people. Yet we seem to have accepted so readily that various camps will say, no, I want everything done this way, or no, I'm going to be greedy and it all should be mine, and this type of thing. It, that's not for we the people at all. Yeah, or for or for pockets of we the people, right? For right. some people, but not for others, right? And I, when something. I say we the people, I mean all the people. Right. And we've moved into such camps of selfish, look after ourselves only, because there's not enough. And there is more than enough. That's another falsehood that's out there. And we, too, we're beginning to recognize that this doesn't work anymore. But a lot of people are going, okay, then how do we make it work? And I think that goes to your point, Ron. Because we know it's not working and we want something different, that energy alone may begin to cause things to unravel and certain systems to collapse. But when they do, uh, all I've got to say to people is that when a certain system collapses and it causes turmoil, look at it and go, was the system working? Did it benefit me or anyone else other than the few? And if it didn't, try and then think about how you can change it to make it work for all. Don't say, oh my God, what are we going to do? That's a good first step, but then immediately go into, wait a minute, what can we do? Right. <laughs> exactly. um, exactly. Shift it very quickly because otherwise you'll, get, you'll just sit there in terror. And, and don't ever sit in terror. And interestingly enough, when you're talking about politics, with the United States being the, the country in the world that everybody looks to, I mean, it's the, it's the strongest political country in the world. Even there this year were, and, and part of last year, but even in, and this year, there are stats out that are saying that there is now well over 50% of the population in the United States that believe that their number one problem is the form of government that is now currently held in the United States. Right. And that many people now believe that this two-party system, the Republicans and the Democrats, this has to change. That this is, the, the, it's like one takes control over one, you know, certain period of time and uh, eventually it falls apart and then the other one has its chance. Um, yeah. And I've always said that the Republicans and the Democrats are two sides of the same coin. Yes. <laughs> Neither one of them will provide the kind of freedom that we all want. 
And so the fact that now there is more than 50%, I can't remember what the exact, the exact rate was, but the, most people now in the United States believe that it's the two-party system and the form of government that needs to change. Huge, big, huge shift. It's very simple when you look at it in many ways. If, if you have, forget a two-party system, but if you have two people, very simplified, and one has says it has to be done this way, and the other one says, no, I totally disagree, it has to be done this way. When either one of them get the power to do it their way, mm-hmm. they're automatically excluding 50% of the other people. Exactly. If you're supposed to be a government that's for we the people, how can you be a government for we the people when 50% of them don't agree with what you're doing and don't want what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. And that's, exactly. that's what they have to overcome because it's not a government for the people anymore. It's a government for whoever, whoever has to in convince power. people and get their way yes. done. That's yeah. why I've always considered myself politically to be what I call a radical centrist, mm. where I will look at both sides of a party and want to pick what works in, um, in conjunction with the whole of humanity. Right and not feel that I'm somehow a, a party rebel if I decide that I'm going to pick some, some idea or person that's espousing out something that I believe will benefit the whole, but they're from another party. Mm-hmm. It's like, be a radical centrist. Look to all political platforms and see what each one has to offer all of humanity. Rather yeah, than well, Ron, just you, their you've soul. often said, Ron, never throw the... I mean, phraseology you you've never you know don't throw out the baby with the bathwater i think yes. that that's true when we're looking at our our own interactions whether it be personal or in business or political or whatever whatever it happens to be and that is that there is always a portion of everything that might make some sense. And I think, Martin, last week you were talking a little bit about the whole concept of collaboration. Mm -hmm. And when someone, as you said, if there's a two-party system or or even just two people in business and it goes one way or the other, we are likely missing out on some really great opportunities for you to mesh the best of both together and come up with more powerful solutions. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. I I can't stress it enough. I mean, I always look at amazement at people who whole their whole mantra is based on we the people and yet they're actually sitting there one at a time and ignoring the other half of the people of the people yeah and i it gives me pause for for reflection here when i think of donald trump for instance and the republican Mm. party and the fact that this man is out there and many of us truly believe that he may be clever but that he lacks the the wisdom as guided through the heart to be a true leader for the entire world. Yes. And yet, where is the voice of the the Democratic Party in opposition to it? It's very, very weak, and, and it, it is not there, which to me could also be a reflection of the fact that this two-party system is indeed on its last legs, that what is going to come out of what Donald Trump is presenting right now and the, the emotional feathers he's, he's ruffling Ruff. right <laughs> all over the place, is the fact that the form of governance that the United States is currently um, enmeshed in is no longer functioning, that in and of itself, it has to change. Right. I somehow feel that the Republican Party is all about emotion and let's just not come from a center of love, let's just do what's 
cruel and expedient to do what we want to do. And yet the Democratic Party is sitting there and going, no, we don't want to go that route, but we'll give in to all the corporate and powers that be and, and just let, let them do what they want, although we'll shift things a bit here and there. So one's building up animosity between people and, and not having us work together and making us more separate. That's interesting. And mm. the other one is, is making certain people more powerful, that they control everything, so we still don't get what we want. It's a no-win situation on either side. No, <laughs> exactly, which is why the change in the whole political structure of the United States needs to change if it's going to survive. Well, and this more more no, now than ever before, mm -hmm. I, I think, is a time for people to actually speak their truth and speak up, and speak out and take action. And, and I don't mean in a in a vindictive manner, but to actually share what you believe to be true, mm -hmm. and be okay with that, and be comfortable with with standing up. And you, I think you'd be amazed at the number of people that will stand with you. Right. Oh. And the key there, though, is put out what you want. Mm -hmm. Right put out that, no, that's not the direction I want to go in. This is what I want in the end. And don't get caught up in all these emotional and vitriolic solutions yeah, yeah. because they're not going to work. Okay. All they do is cause turmoil and more problems. Just put out what you want. Don't get caught up into all these stupid little ideas people come up with, and I, are petty ideas, about how things can be solved. Because if it's not heading to a center of love, then it's still not what you want, I'm pretty sure, for most people. Put out what you want and then say, no, we want to go here. We want to go here. We want to go here. You say it enough, they'll have to look at it and go, how do we get there? Well, and I think that's key. To change things. Yeah, I think that's key, Martin. I mean, it's, we've talked about this often, and that is that just simply saying, no, that won't work, mm. does not provide any alternative. There's got to be an alternative. Right. Right? Yeah, and that's the what. So, we, exactly. yeah. so there is, this, my understanding, there will be a huge change and a huge shift. And I look at Donald Trump and I, you know, and there are so many people that actually hate the gentleman, mm. absolutely hate him vehemently because to, to them he doesn't, he doesn't, he reflects the raw, unintelligent emotion that most of the Americans are feeling um, but are too afraid to even express. So right. they, they look to him to express what their deep, dark feelings are all about. And when he does, they cheer him on because they're in alignment with it. So I look at this as a grand opportunity for healing and that he indeed is like the petty tyrant that reflects back to everybody what it is that they truly do not want to have in their reality. So right. for on that basis, I look to Donald Trump and I bless the gentleman. He's given us a great gift. He yep. is indeed. Now, I would only hope, however, that the rest of the people that actually do see that, that they don't want to head down that road, that they actually begin to have the vision to begin to, as Martin said, begin to tell people what it is that they do want. But for that, you do need a vision. You need to have leaders who have vision. And at this point, we're not quite there yet seeing the kind of vision that is beyond, for instance, national borders where a, a political leader does not see himself as a member of the United States. He sees himself as a world citizen. A world know, leader in truth. world right. in truth. Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. boundaries are no longer there. They're not there to see the, the benefit of their country. They're there to see the benefit of the world itself. This is the platform through which the next 
revolution in 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 politics must take place. Right. Well, well. Sometimes I think too, as a as a society, we become very complacent until we're faced with that that we truly are completely non congruent with. To that extent, Donald Trump has made some pretty bold statements where people are standing up and saying, "Whoa." That doesn't feel right. Exactly. Whereas if he was just being a little bit more passive, we might continue to be complacent. So yeah. in many ways, he's awakening something in people mm-hmm. that are forcing them or compelling them, mm-hmm. forcing is not a good word, compelling them to stand up and say, oh, gosh, this does not feel right for me. I need to speak out. Mm-hmm. Right. And the more outrageous he becomes, the, <laughs> the more I'm hoping that the rest of the world will wake up to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have to recognize where your fears, what your fears are, uh-huh. and he's just fanning the flames of your fears to to help you recognize them. So he's bringing awareness, uh-huh. which is great. But yeah. then you have to sit back and say, okay, what am I going to do with that? When is the next election? You know, November. It's in November of, of 2016. So we've right. got 11 months. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ten months in order to see, hopefully, a political shift where the new visionaries as to a, and I hate that term, a one-world political system is actually because the, the whole one-world order is so synonymous with the tyranny of the Illuminati and what they are trying to push the world into right. through the instigation of a third world war, that we will flip the whole concept of a one-world order yeah. into something that is absolutely essential and positive for the world. Right. right. Yeah, coming, coming from a center of love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Martin, it always comes back to that. For everything that I personally do, when I catch myself, when I'm having those moments, I'll say, oh, what would, what would love do? What would, mm. what would you do if you were truly coming from your heart center and examine that and not beat up on myself because I may not have actually come from my heart center in, in a particular moment, but mm. I still have that opportunity, back to your introduction, Martin, to reflect on what Jared Hewitt said, and that is you can change anything at any point in time. It's never too late to start something. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you begin changing the whole sound of the symphony by doing Exactly. So. I love that analogy. That's beautiful. Yeah, I thought it was great. That's why I put it in. I read it and went, well, I like that. <laughs> it's, it's very true. And the interesting thing here is that we've been taught so much to be separate from each other on so many levels. Right. That we don't realize that, and I'll, I'll put out the simple analogy, and I don't, people have said it before, of course, but. When you're in what we call a third world country, because they're economically poor and people are starving and things are not going well for the we, the people in that country, one of the things that they look at, obviously, is the Western world, United States and whatnot, and say, well, you have every luxury imaginable at your fingertips, that even the poorest here, well, not the poorest, but even some of the poorer people have many more luxuries than they have at all. And yet they look at people who have five cars, six cars, massive mansions here, there, and everywhere. And they all go, you don't care about us because we're starving. You have so much and you won't even give any of it. There is a truth in that, in that where is our humanity? Where is our caring? And charities are wonderful and people can donate what they wish. But I think sometimes it has to go beyond that. The psyche has to come in that, you owning five cars and five houses and everything else, we have to get a shift in education for our children. We have to shift people's thought to, do you really need all that? If getting rid of that and having one big house and two cars 
could help save hundreds of thousands of lives, get education systems in and infrastructures in that help these countries pull out of the misery they're in. Now granted, a lot of the time the governments in those countries don't help. There is a part of me that says coming from a center of love means truly trying to move everyone up to become them sovereign selves and help them be there and get there because there is enough for everyone. Uh-huh. And we keep hoarding it in such a way that we believe there isn't enough. But when you're hoarding it to the tune of $100 billion, I'm going, really? A lot of the problems and why people attack us and why people hate us and why people want to get rid of us is because it's almost, and you can, I think people will understand this better, it's like going back to the old days of monarchy where the, the king or whomever had everything, owned everything, was in control of everything, and, and their voice was it. Uh-huh. And is not what we're doing nationally the same thing, same thing. except to mm-hmm. yeah. all the other countries around the right. world. Uh-huh. So it's no longer within one country. It's a problem that's been created on a bigger level for all countries. And we hated that so much and thought that was not bringing in freedom and they shouldn't have that control and we're getting out from that yoke. Well, isn't that nationally what we're doing to every other country around the world? Mm-hmm. So why do you think they like it so much? So when you sit there and say, why do they hate us? Well, you hated that monarchy for doing that to you. Can't you see where you're doing the same thing to them and you don't expect them to hate you as well? It's it's like, I don't understand the logic. No one ever thinks this through and says, no, we're the cause of this. Mm-hmm. How can we move away from that? And I think they're misrepresenting exactly what having five cars is, is and and all of this material wealth is all about as you said there is enough on the planet for everybody right so it's not so much that i have five cars which is you know can, could be considered wrong it's, it's not what but... it's it's what it actually supports which mm-hmm. is the current system of of slavery that we have on the planet, where right. there are there's only the one percent at the top that has the opportunity and the ability to be able to have everything and anything that they want, at the cost of the remaining the remaining of us not having that that opportunity. If right. everybody were to equally have the same opportunity, then first first of all, if, if, you know, we might not have an economy that could afford five cars for every single person on the planet. We might not have. Our our planet might not be capable of supporting energetically that kind of thing currently as we speak. Right, and it will have to be a gradual shift towards it. But it's it's the whole it's the whole conceptual understanding of how we have our society set up currently that needs to change. It's not wrong to have the five cars. No, but it is it right to have the five cars at the sacrifice of not allowing anybody else to have it. And I think that goes back to the whole concept of people understanding and believing that we everything is infinite. There is enough to go around. Uh-huh. So we don't. And it, it's it's part it's partly ingrained in us. But you don't need to fixate on the fact that if I if I share this, there won't be enough for me. And people often talk about the piece of the pie is the last piece of the pie and. The concept of understanding that it is infinite. There is enough to go around. So to your point, Ron, what would it look like as a society if maybe the top 1% didn't have 5 or 10 or 20 cars or mansions or whatever, but everybody had enough? Then there would even be more. As soon as you relegate people to starvation and that type of problem where it's life-threatening, they're they're not going to like you very much. No putting your nose in the air and walking by and go to hell with you because their reaction will be, okay, then to hell with you. I'm going to rob you and take your money. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, it and that's exactly what it breeds. Well, it also, it also reflects the fact that these people who have those five cars believe that there's a limited amount that it's restrictive and that in order for them to survive, they have to to steal, rob, and, and take and take and take and take. Mm. Because if they don't have it today, it might be taken away from them tomorrow. tomorrow so their yeah. whole belief structure has to change with regards to the fact that every there's a limitation on things. Yes, it's one a desire the, change. Yeah, and one of the things that I love about the freedom teachings is that if we are truly creative gods, we have the ability to create and manifest anything. When I look at our planet, we think that there's only so much silver, there's only so much gold, there's only so many so many of this or of that. But in actual fact, the planet, once it's healed, as well as all the life forms on the planet, will be able to create whatever it is that we want out of thin air. It, right. will, it will not require to create something from a limited resource. Which those goes limited, back to infinity. Yeah. That's right, exactly. So those limited resources, that is an illusion as well. But before we can get to that understanding, we need to grow in wisdom with regards to how is it that we, we can't want everything in triplicate because that's that's the way we see that we have to have our reality the way the way it's set up. Yeah. That that is based on a need that is an illusion. It's based on a teaching that the more you have, the more important you are. Yes, that's also tied in with it. You're team. more important than other people because you have those three houses and five cars. We all know that just because you have another car doesn't make you a better person nope. or a wiser person okay. or any of those things. Or more powerful. Well, and yep. it's it's been ingrained in us on so many different levels. I mean, there's there's reality shows out there today about hoarders, and they're not hoarding uh, Corvettes and BMWs and Jaguars. They're hoarding stuff that they're not making use of, that is stuck in a room, you know, boxes piled upon boxes. It's not even being used or has any value. Mm. So it's ingrained in us, and it goes back to your false expectations appearing real, Ron, is there's this thought process in some way, shape, or form that says, I cannot get rid of this, otherwise I will be lacking. That's mm-hmm. right. And right? It's, it's a complete, it's a sickness that is yeah. on some of the on that illusion that yeah. we created for our lives and how we right. set it up. Mm-hmm. So to change all of that is going to take some time. Yeah, it won't be overnight. It won't be overnight. But the one thing you said there that's so true, and I just wanted to, I, I hope that people are cognizant of it on the uh, for our listeners is that when you said we can manifest whatever we want in the future at some point it's true because if you look at even Einstein equals mc squared mm-hmm. energy and matter are interchangeable and since everything is energy in reality yeah. we can manipulate the energy to create what we wish at some point we'll be able to at the moment no. I don't imagine there's many, if any, that can do that. I think there are some, of course. I always believe there are some. But for most of us, that's not a reality yet in our consciousness. And and we're not quite yet prepared emotionally or spiritually or enlightened enough to be able to have that ability gifted to us at this point. Yeah. Because we, we you obviously need to emotionally evolve or spiritually evolve before you can responsibly have that gift or that that type of power. Right. But this is where we're heading, folks. This is yep. exactly the, the track that we're on. Right. And I think it comes from your heart center. You know, it just, as you guys were talking, it brought me back to a, a thought. And that was that when I was growing up, my mother used to have a lot of plants 
in a, in a room. And she'd talk to these plants, she'd water these plants, she'd converse with them. In many cases, I think she actually even named them. And I remember when she passed away, I'm not good with plants, I must tell you. I love them, but I could kill a cactus and I have killed cactuses. <laughs> and I remember getting this plant from my mother's house and it was her pride and joy and I did everything in my power, or so I thought. I watered it, I gave it the right sunlight, and I watched it wither away. And I remember, and I I was probably in my, ooh, I'm going to say early 30s, and I remember going in and looking at this plant and having a conversation with it. And I think I was just so frustrated. It's like, what else can I do? I clearly don't have my mother's green thumb. And I had a little conversation. I said, you will not wither away and die. You will not. You will get revitalized. I love you. You got to get some energy here. You got to move forward. And I watched, and I didn't change how I watered it, how much sunlight it got, but I talked to it. And I actually had this conversation. And I suddenly saw, not suddenly, over a period of time, the leaves got greener. They started to perk up. There was buds. And I think my my thought process in, in sharing this is that Martin, you're always talking about coming from your heart center. And when we're talking about manifesting, I think it's really important that we manifest from our hearts. Right. That's key. It That shows you how much coming from your center of love can change anything around you and even affect other life like that. Yeah. It certainly affects other people's lives. Put it on that scale. Coming from your center of love and complimenting people and loving people will make their life more joyous. Absolutely. Just like Works for the plant, it works for people. Absolutely. <laughs> and what's interesting, earlier on when we were off the air and we were talking, um, Karen, you brought up the, the observation that you're seeing a lot of death occur. Yes. In the, in the, in the recent, with my, for instance, my mother passed away on the 15th of December, and we're seeing many, many people dying at this point or t- making the choice to pass over. And I'm looking at that going, there, there's going to be an awful lot more as we continue to go through 2016. I, I think we'll see a tremendous number of people making, deciding to make the shift in one way, shape, or form. And I'm looking at that going, well, th- this is not such a bad thing in and of itself that these people are recognizing that their physical vehicles, the, the absolute physical altar that we we absolutely need to be on this planet has suffered enough uh, damage to it that it can no longer process the higher frequencies coming in. So rather than stay in a body that can no longer function as the planet continues to increase her oscillation frequency rates, we are deciding to let go of the physical body. And, and once you let go of that physical body, which is the instrument that is refusing to change, this is the, it's, it can no longer accommodate the, um, the frequency changes that we're going through, you are free from that to continue on your ascension process. Yes. So many people will be choosing this year to make that transition in order to continue on their ascension process. Right. Because there's no point staying in a body that can't process anymore. You won't grow with the energies and expand. Exactly. And all all that will result from that, of course, is unpleasant suffering. Yes. Um, and something that will continue to erode away just the simple joys that you have in life, which, to, to my understanding, this is the one thing that we are set in here on this planet, and that is to make this experience a joyful experience. Yes. Here, here. And that goes to the heart of... I love that. Thank you, Ron. Because if a person can no longer expand who they are into a higher self, 
And if there is the if the body is holding them back from that, the body is an instrument to help you do that and experience things. And if it is no longer functioning in that way, then there's no point hanging on to it. Uh-huh. And that, when you look at it, people, is a good thing. Don't be upset because they've they've moved on and want to expand again. Say this is wonderful because they were stuck. They they couldn't get over the body not processing and expanding themselves. So they've moved on to something greater. And that is a joyous thing. That's a wonderful thing. That's a, even on a logical basis, it's a very practical and necessary move. You know, it was interesting too. I'd heard during the process of the transition that in many cases, or in some cases, that it could be a testing period where it can't be you know it's not the most in, in, enjoyable uh, enjoyable time my mother had gone into the hospital weeks before she had passed away on December 15th mm-hmm. and at that time they had said well she's going she's not going to make the weekend she's you know her congenital heart situation is so severe that she's she just won't live the weekend and I I know I, I went up to Sabri to see her um, and then came back to work, and it still took three to four weeks before she finally relinquished the physical body. Mm-hmm. And there were many questions as to why, 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 why was it so hard in the process of relinquishing? What was it that the person, even though they had made the decision that this was the time, my mother would, she would say, you know, she was ready. She was absolutely ready to go. And then what I thought this was rather funny. At one point, she woke up one morning, sat up in bed, put her foot on the floor, and she says, "No, I'm not going today." <laughs> and but then there were times when, and there was one comment that particularly impacted me with when my sister spoke of this, where my mother had revealed in one breath that she said, "Oh, this is so hard." Mm. And it impacted me like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I, I sensed that, and then I got to pondering why. When you have finally decided to actually go, why aren't you, why are you not going? And I'm looking at that going, well, it's because the physical body has enjoyed this time in physical presence with the spirit of creator pulsing through it, that when the threat of creator leaving, that love energy is, is threatened at leaving it, the physical body does not want even in its in, in in its pain and turmoil, does not want to relinquish that love that it has felt. It has enjoyed this melding of spirit and form, that being in a physical body or that the physical body has had, that it has housed our our souls. It's not quite yet ready to let go of that wondrous, joyful, energetic energy that it has received from Creator. It also needs time. The physical body also needs time in order to adjust. Mm. No, very true. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Thank you. Now, it's interesting. We all, from everything we've said in this program and, and all the pieces we've said in former programs, I'd love to know where, where people are sitting with all of this and how well they're doing or not doing and what they think their issues are. And I'll bring it in early, but if you, if you put your comments or questions or whatnot on our facebook.com forward slash sovereign self, we'd love to chat with you. Mm-hmm. and walk through some of these things and maybe you can enlighten us on a few things that we haven't been aware of or brought up. We all learn from each other, so, so that's the way it works. When we're talking about all this stuff, we're throwing it out, and I know it's food for thought, and if you haven't thought of it some before, it takes a bit to process, but throw out the questions, ask us, and we're more than happy 
to respond uh-huh. and yeah. start a dialogue. And, you know, Martin, that's that's great. That's a great invitation, I, I think, just to add to that. It'd be wonderful. I mean, Ron and Martin and I sit around and we, we say, well, what are we going to talk about this week? And, you know, what would we like to discuss? What do we think is relevant? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's things out there that we have not touched on. If there's something relevant that you'd like us to, to speak about, mm-hmm. please share that with us. We'd be more than happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and remember, there is nothing that can dispel depression more rapidly than actually speaking to someone else about your situations who holds a like-mindedness with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And getting rid of that separation and working with other people can dispel a lot of fears. So if you do have fears and you don't know where they're coming from or what to do with them, let's have a dialogue. We might not be able to solve everyone's fears, obviously, but we can at least talk about it. And what will happen is, in actuality, we won't solve any fears. You'll solve them yourself mm-hmm. by the conversation. Uh, don't look on us as being a solution to anything in that sense. Look on us as being a conduit to you finding your solution. We're more than happy to help in that regard. You know, alone, individually, we are so ineffectual, but together we can do it. When we, when we join together in like-mindedness, this is when the true creative visionary results occur. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, earlier in the, in the show, we were talking about, Martin, you indicated that you had a, a rough week last week, and mm-hmm. you reached out to, to Ron. I think it's critical for everyone to understand that they are not alone. And there's always, always someone you can reach out to. And I hate to say it, but again, this program went really quick. Oh, no. We're down to our last bits of time for this week. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening in. We do appreciate it. And we do hope that you got some, some nuggets of thought that will move your awareness up from this program. Because that's our goal, is to help keep moving people up to their center, more from their center of love and shining that center of light out to everybody. Thank you. Yes, we truly, we truly treasure this hour that we get to spend with you and share and just kind of be just connected. And not to feel that you're alone in this, that everybody is in this together and that we are truly at, the, at a moment in human history that, that is unheard of, that what we have before us is so spectacular and is so wondrous, wondrous and wonderful. If you can hold on, you're on the verge of seeing things, miracles that have hitherto never been available to our planet. Yes, very true. So have a good week, everyone. Have a great week, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.